I am Gian, the founding pastor of Victory Church and from Odessa, Texas. I say hello to you and welcome to another episode of the series New World Order. This is our worship service 297, July 3rd, 2022. And uh, if you want to download the bulletin of this teaching, we would love for you to go to our website, thechurch.us, and from there, you will be able to download it. Or if you are watching in the comfort of your home, feel free just to use your phone, open the camera, point towards the QR code, and voila, you will have access to the bulletin. We want to say thank you so much for your support, my dear church member. Thank you. How are you doing? Are you enjoying the broadcast? We miss you here for those that are watching online, but we are happy to have our friends here personally in the church, and together we worship the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are new to our broadcast and you feel like you would like to make a contribution to our church, feel free to go to our website, and then there you will find ways to make a financial contribution. Thank you, Tracy, for the songs you are singing for the Lord. And thank you, Sebastian, for the work you are doing with our broadcasts and our websites and all that. Thank you to our software guys helping us spreading the word through the world from Odessa, Texas. This is the message, New World Order, Part 3. We started this series just a few weeks ago. And uh, today we are going to read a passage of the scripture in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 32 and 33. Let's read the scripture together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, guide us through this reflection. The fig tree teaches us a lesson. When its branches become, become green and soft, and new leaves begin to grow, then you know that summer is very near. In the same way, when you see all these things happening, you will know that the time is very near, already present. Words from the Lord Jesus, he said in the chapter 24 of Matthew, we have studied this. And uh, well, let me remind you about this series. This series, New World Order, is a series where we are studying God's prophecy. And the first aspect that we study, it was uh, on June 19, 2022, was in the worship service 295. And the topic is the purpose of God's prophecy. Now, last Sunday, on June 26th, on the service 296, we studied timing on God's prophecy. And yes, today, on July 3rd, 2022, we will study signs related to God's prophecy. All this under the umbrella of the series New World Order. So, I would like just to go back for a second to what we discussed last weekend about timing. Basically, the Lord Jesus, the main prophet of our scriptures, the one that we revere the most, told us in the chapter 24 about basically three aspects or three seasons, if you like, talking about the beginning of troubles, the troubles, and the end. So, in terms of order, if you are interested in some, some kind of order about the final events of humankind based on the Bible, I will suggest you to go to the website, vchurch.us, and try to find this particular service, 296 of June, June 26th, where we discuss with details the timing. Today, we are not going to focus on timing. We are going to be focusing on signs. And I'm going to give you signs related of the end of times. I'm going to give you seven signs, evil, one world government, the temple in Jerusalem, the mark of the beast, the cosmos, Armageddon, and the rapture of the church. So, are you ready? Let's start. Let's begin with the first sign that I have here listed for you, which is the one that I called evil, the sign of evil. There are... Several scriptures that I want to share about it. Let's start with 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Here is where 
the problem is shown to us. The root of all evil is the love of money. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 says that the wrong things the sinful self does are clear. Committing sexual sin, being morally bad, and doing all kinds of shameful things. But also, the scripture tells us about something that we in theology, in the doctrine of the Bible, we call apostasy. And here there is several scriptures Hebrews 3, 12, Matthew 20, 14, Luke 8, 13, 2 Peter 2, 1, 2 Peter 2, 20 to 22, 1 Timothy 4, 1, and 2 Timothy, Timothy 4, 3 to 4, which basically they all talk about the same concept that Hebrews 3, 12 says here. Be careful that none of you has the evil thoughts that cause so much doubt that you stop following the living God. I would like to read for you also this other passage talking about the sign of evil, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Remember this. There are some terrible times coming in the last days. People will love only themselves and money. They will be proud and boast about themselves. They will abuse others with insults. They will not obey their parents. They will be ungrateful and against all that is pleasing to God. They will have no love for others and will refuse to forgive anyone. They will talk about others to hurt them and will have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. People will turn against their friends. They will do foolish things without thinking and will be so proud of themselves. Instead of loving God, they will love pleasure. Basically, this uh, sign of evil tells us horrible things that actually we see today. But honestly, let's, uh, let's talk about the first issue that we find here, which is the love of money. You know that it's something that is going on and on and on in humankind and is not stopping. It's actually growing because most people are going more and more in that direction, looking for a certainty, the security of having money. Because many people that do not read the Bible, that do not have access to the concepts the Bible shares, the Word of God, they, they don't understand that actually the only solid rock in life is the Lord. The rest of the things, everything else here on earth, all that is going to disappear. Now, why the love of money becomes a, an issue here? Well, because when, when people are interested in money, mainly in money, they will forget about everything. They will disrespect their families. They will disrespect everything and everyone. And as a result of that, you will see a lot of sexual sins. So you see how all this begins with the love of money. Because what they want is to find pleasure for themselves. And the sexual sins, you know, it, it is, it's a disaster at this point in life. Because we know what is happening. It's just not the fornication and adultery. We know all this total abomination of, of sexuality and transgenders and homosexuality and all kind of stuff that people are doing uh, that we don't even want to think about it. You know, we don't want to <laughs> know about that, but it's a reality. The sexual sins are just getting exposed more and more. And with that, shameful things. And all this is the result of the love of money because people really don't care. They don't have any, any more boundaries. They just go on and on with uh, whatever they, they want to do. And, and that, of course, is, is terrible. And we know that. Many of those individuals that are going in this path, as you know, they become extremely ungrateful. They are totally disloyal to everybody. And precisely the scripture tells us about the apostasy. 
individuals that one day were close to God, that they knew about the Lord, they were involved with church and the Bible, but suddenly things, especially the love of money, started to take them away farther and farther and farther until they practically went out. So what do you do to fight against evil during your lifetime, my friend? What are the things that you can do? I will give you some suggestions here about money. The first thing that I will suggest you is learn to give. It's very difficult for so many people to give. So many people don't know how to give. So many people are just uh, worried about money and they, they, they want to take all the money they can and they have trouble to, to give. When it's about taxes, they have trouble to pay taxes. When it's about uh, just simply giving something to somebody else, it's a problem. Well, because we know that the root of all evils is the love of money, I will tell you, learn to give and learn to enjoy working. Of course, you have responsibilities as your obligation to pay your bills and take care of all your necessities and you will work to make money, but you need to learn to enjoy working. You need to find a career, a path where you are going to be enjoying what you are doing. You don't do it because of money. And of course, you need to learn to trust in God. And how do you do that? Well, you do that when you start to give into the Lord. The scripture tells us about giving to the Lord a tenth of our income. The scripture encourages us to be generous with the church, with be, to be generous with the poor and the needy ones, to be generous in general. But all begins there when you learn to give to the Lord. It's important that you practice this principle. When it's about all these issues with sex, how can you fight against the evil? Well, first, remember that it is intended by God that there is a man and a woman that should be married. The enjoyment of a sexual life is precisely there. Anything outside of that, marriage, husband and wife, man and woman, anything and everything outside of that in terms of sex, sexual activities is going to be a problem. There are going to be consequences and it's a sin. According with the scripture, the best thing you can do is to find your spouse, get married, and enjoy your, your sexual life there. Now, speaking about the wrongdoing things, you know, because people do all kinds of stuff, you know. Remember, the root of all evils is the love of money. But from there is all these uh, consequences, these all terrible things that people do and shameful things. So what is what you can do? to fight against evil? Well, you become accountable to individuals who have a decent life. You are going to find a great relief when you find somebody that you know is a person with a decent life, and then you start talking about what you are doing. This person will, you give permission to this person to tell you what you are not doing right. You understand? You become accountable. And naturally, you are going to fight against evil when you worship Jesus. When you start to say the name of Jesus every time you are praying, when you want to give thanks to the good Lord, you don't just say thanks. You say, thank you, Jesus. When you are asking God for help, you say, God, Father, I ask you to help me in the name of Jesus. Worship Jesus. That will help you to fight against evil. Okay, let's talk about the next sign, which is the one world government. That is probably the reason why so many people are interested in this series, because they hear the topic one world order. And I explained in the previous two episodes about the purpose of prophecy and the timing of prophecy, but uh, the curiosity is still there. So what is this one world government? It has to do with characters in the Bible that we know as the beast or the dragon. And there are other names there. 
The chapter 13 of the book of Revelation tells us a lot about that. And also the prophet Daniel in the chapter 7, verses 16 through 25, talk about this one world government. So I want to share with you this particular passage. And we read, I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads. There, has a, there was a crown on each of its horns. It had an evil name written on each head. This beast looked like a leopard, with feet like a bear's feet. It had a mouth like a lion's mouth. The dragon had the beast, all of its power, and its throne, and great authority. Hmm. One of the heads of the beast looked as if it had wounded and killed, but the dead wound was healed. All the people in the world were amazed, and they all followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because it had given its power to the beast. And they also worshipped the beast. They asked, who is this? Who is as powerful as the beast? Who can make war against it? The beast was allowed to boast and speak insults against the God. It was allowed to use its power for 42 months, which is three and a half years. The beast Open his mouth to insult God, to insult his name, the place where he lives, and all those who live in heaven. It was given power to make war against God's holy people and to defeat them. It was given power over every tribe, race of people, language, and nation. Everyone living on earth would worship the beast. Revelation 13, 1 through 8, section 8. One world government has to do with uh, characters. Here, we are seeing a picture of something kind of grotesque with the mouth, feet, and stuff. But especially the worst part, as you know, is this permission that it has for 42 months, three and a half years even insulting God and defeating everybody and taking control over, over everything. So is this going to happen? Unfortunately, it's going to happen. And um, I want to warn you about that because this world war government, one world government uh, theory is not just a theory. <laughs> this one world government concept is a reality of something that is slowly is being built. You know, today we have um, this idea in the world that we need to be tolerant one another. And of course, the concept of being tolerant one another, I think is a good idea. But uh, what is happening behind scenes is not just the idea of being tolerant, like understanding one another, our failures, etc. It is beyond that. It is about a wrong concept of unity. Let me explain this to you. This one world government has the idea that you have to accept any kind of immoral actions, including the bauchery and all kind of immoral activities, any kind of wrongdoings. And you know, they say we have to accept that because we need to be tolerant one, one another. And they even say, all this is going to bring peace. You know that uh, today, if, if you present your ideas and your views about not being too tolerant about certain things that are wrong, they actually can even do bad things to you, legally speaking, and on and on. Because the idea, this, the, let's say this, wrong spirit behind it is that you have to just let everyone do whatever they want to do and they can talk about what whatever they do and you has to be silent you have to be silent and you don't have to say anything about it because you are not being tolerant you know but it's not just that those that are practicing all kind of immoral things, 
they feel that that's a good thing. And they feel that actually we need to admire those individuals because all that is going to, going to bring unity, they say, that is going to bring peace into the world. So they start to admire these uh, characters. And the thing is, this admiration eventually is going to be transformed into terror because through fear, these figures, these, these characters building this new world order, they have one purpose, and is to control the world. Is what the scripture tells us. Now, if you, if you ask, well, is there anything that I can do to fight against the one world government during your lifetime? You know, I assume right now that you are listening and watching in, in the month of July 2022. But what if you are listening and watching in five years or in 50 years? I don't know. During your lifetime, there are some things that you can do, like I can do. It doesn't matter when. If you are listening and watching, you are alive. So there are some things that you can do to fight against the one world government. And the one simple thing is if you can vote no to extend dominion to a person or a political party. It's the wrong thing because this becomes dictatorial which is the beginning of this particular issue. One world government is about having someone with authority and power representing the people because they are looking for one world government. The other thing you can do is vote no for political world unity. Every country has to be independent. The idea of having all the world under one umbrella is just pointing towards that idea that you read here in the chapter 13 of Revelation. And the other thing you can do is establish your moral values based on the Bible. You have to read the scripture and understand what are the moral values the Bible teaches us and establish your moral values on that. If you don't establish your moral values on the Bible, what are you going to do? Where do you think that you can find moral values outside of the Bible? In a book written from an atheist? In a book written by people that are already messed up? That they consider that everything that they do is right when you know it's just not right? You see? All right. Well, let's move to the next sign that I want to present to you. This sign that I call it the temple in Jerusalem. It has to do with the, with the Antichrist. The prophet Daniel in the chapters 11 and 12 talks about that abundantly. And the Lord Jesus mentioned it in the chapter 24 of Matthew chapter, verse 15. And the Lord Jesus calls this the abomination of desolation in Jerusalem. So this is a very terrible thing. But, I, but, you know, all this is interconnected. And there is another passage that I want to present to you here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, that I read for you. The day of the Lord will not come until the turning away from God happens. And that day will not come until the man of evil appears. The one who belongs to hell. He will stand against and put himself above everything that people worship or think is worthy of worship. He will even go into God's temple and sit there claiming that he is God. Let me read another passage for you. Here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 and 12. When that man of evil comes... It will be the work of Satan. He will come with great power and he will do all kinds of false miracles, signs and wonders. The men of evil will use every kind of evil to fool those who are lost. They are lost 
because they refused to love the truth and be saved. They will all be condemned because they did not believe the truth and because they enjoyed doing evil. One more list of passages here. First John chapter 2, verse 18b. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. And uh, how many Antichrists are already here? First John chapter 2, verse 22. So who is the liar? It is the one who says Jesus is not the Messiah. Whoever says that is Antichrist. The one who does not believe in the Father or in His Son. One more verse. Second John chapter 1, verse 7. Many false teachers are in the world now. They refuse to say that Jesus Christ came to earth and became a man. Anyone who refuses to accept this fact is a deceiver, a false teacher, and anti-Christ. Second John 1, 7. So the issue about the temple in Jerusalem and what happens there with these men of evil and all these things that the prophet Daniel saw and the Lord Jesus mentions in the chapter 24, the desolation and then the horrible thing in the temple when there is a character standing demanding worship, those things will happen. They will happen. But it, it is a process that goes in development. And you know, precisely with all this evil in the world, and particularly with this constant attitude from people refusing worshiping Jesus, they are just opening path for the destruction of the world. Because what they like is to worship evil in all its forms. So if I told you about the, the beast and the dragon. And all this is being built, all this process is being built by people who refuse to accept the Bible who refuse to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Actually, you read it with me. All that is considered anti-Christ. It's already in the world. It's not that it's going to come. It's already here. Anti-Christ refusing that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God. That's a serious problem. And we have it here. So, if this is going to happen which is going to happen. If you wonder now, well, how can I fight this abomination of the desolation in Jerusalem now in my lifetime? Well, remember, vote no to one world government, that's for sure. And you need to help to spread out the gospel. Because as, as much as you are helping spreading out the gospel, more people are going to be saved. Also, you yourself, you must worship Jesus. It's not just the, the concept of there is a God. That's, that's not enough, my friend. The Bible clearly teaches us about His Son, Jesus. And as many people you see all over the world that they, they refuse Jesus. And if you participate with them, the spirit of the Antichrist is operating in your life. Do you like that? I don't think so. Worship Jesus, and naturally you have to resist against evil. You cannot participate in evil activities. You know, you can't. <laughs> it's necessary for you to fight against all that. Now, there is another sign here, which is the mark of the beast. What is that? Well, let's read in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 16. It says, the second beast also forced all people, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to have a mark put in their right hand or in their forehead. 
And you know what? This particular market, the beast, has, has to do with commerce. They will not be able to do any kind of transactions. No transactions without the mark of the beast is going to happen. And you know that technology is almost ready to do that. That mark of the beast is, is not just uh, fiction. It's real. If the technology has to be implemented, fully implemented everywhere, and is going to be there one day, when people will need to make a decision and they will say, well, do I have this device in me in order to, to do transactions or not? You will need to make a decision. If you were there during those days, what are you going to do? So if you are thinking, well, let's suppose that I can fight against that mark of the beast. What can I do? Well, first of all, you have to vote no to laws promoting obligatory firmware into human beings. You know, hardware is a component that is basically material, like a chips, uh, memory, like a hard drive, like a keyboard. That's hardware. Software is programs. When you put together both, that's called firmware. Firmware is when you put software and hardware together. Okay. So now that you understand what firmware is, anytime there are laws that are going in the direction of obligatory implementation of firmware into human beings, you must vote no. Because if you consent, if you agree with those laws, guess who is responsible for this mark of the beast progress process moving forward? Exactly. The other thing you can do is, if you are a good Christian, if you are not going to participate in that and you, you want to help somehow develop relationships among Christian business networks. And I will not say it's a bad idea to start considering the trade culture because it's going to happen one day. But the trade culture, you know, is the exchange of items because one is providing the service or items that the other needs. That is what I can tell you about that. Now, the next sign that I want to discuss with you is the sign that I call the cosmos. This is what the Lord Jesus says in chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 29. And he quoted Isaiah chapter 13, 10 and 34, 4. He says, the sun will become dark and the moon will not give light. The stars will fall from the sky and everything in the sky will be changed. It's going to happen. You know, we, we don't like the idea of our planet being, being destroyed. But my friend will happen. It will happen. The destruction of our planet is the result of all this destruction of the humanity. All that that the Bible teaches us that I know, I know and I understand not many people want to hear about it will be a reality. So if you wonder, well, I would like to fight against this thing. What can I do? Well, my friend, stay connected with the true vine. You need to stay connected with the Lord Jesus because you are the branches. He is the true vine. Apart from him, you cannot do anything. You have to stay connected with him. You need to spread the gospel. And you can do it when you are interceding for the lost ones. People that you know that they are so messed up, so far away from God. It's your responsibility, my friend, to reach out to them and tell them, you know what? You need to get to know God. You need to get to know the love of Jesus in your life. 
That is your responsibility, my friend. That's the way that you can fight against the destruction of the planet in your lifetime. The next sign that I call Armageddon, this sign is uh, based on Revelation 16, 16. And we read, Then the evil spirits gather the rulers together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. And my friend, you want to hear something? That will be the final battle. The final battle in the world. So you see, all these things have happened. You know, there, are, there is an order. Again, if you want to understand the order of things, you need to watch the previous episode, 296, when, when I speak about timing. But Armageddon is the final battle. And it's going to be a disaster. It's exactly the moment that people don't want to even know about that. And you think, well, <laughs> I want to do something about it. What can you do in your lifetime? Reach out sharing the gospel, my friend. Reach out. You have to help reaching out. And you need to focus on eternity. You cannot be focusing your life just on material things. You, hit, you need to focus on eternity. And to close, I want to give you the final sign. In this end of times, one world series is the rapture of the church. In the book of uh, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians, chapter 4, actually verses 16 and 17, and also in his letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, 50 through 52, Paul tells us about the rapture of the church. You know, the Lord Jesus in, in, in the same chapter 24 gave us here a very interesting illustration about what, what is, is going to happen afterwards? Because there is a moment, my friend, when the church believers are going to be taken to heaven. But, but listen to, to what the Lord is saying, because he already told us in chapter 24, again, in, this, in the episode timing, he gave us the order how things are going to be, the beginning of troubles, death troubles, and the end. He told us all that, that in, in that chapter. But here, he's trying to, to give us a beautiful concept. Come with me, because you have to see this with me. Matthew 24, verses 45 and 46. Who is the wise and trusted servant? The master trusts one servant to give the other servants their food to do that work. When the master comes and finds the servant doing the work he gave him, it will be a day of blessing for that servant. Because you, as a believer, you become a servant of the master of the universe. And he might give you assignments. And he talks here about giving the other servants their food. When the rapture of the church is going to happen? When is going to happen? That's a classic question. And people are talking before this, in between that, and after this. Everyone has his own view about it. I read with you that the Lord Jesus himself said that no one knows. What is the meaning of that? Well, the meaning of that is that no one knows. But he gave us signs. He gave us indications. He gave us an order. Timing, right? But when it's about the rapture of the church, because the Lord is going to save us, we know that there's going to be a destruction. We read it. We know about the Antichrist. We know about the beast and the dragon and Satan Jerusalem and the abomination of the desolation. 
it's going to be really bad. I'm going to explain more details of this in the next episode called Key Players. But today I want us to, to conclude this reflection of today considering what the Lord said here about that he is like the master who have a servant giving his food, the food to the other servants. Because the Lord is giving you work to do. And he says, the Lord Jesus said, the day that the master comes back, when the servant has done his job, it's going to be a day of big blessing. And that is what I want you to focus on. Focus on doing what the Lord is asking you to do. In the chapter 25, the Lord Jesus at the beginning of the chapter tells us also another parable. He gave us another illustration. In this case, he talks about girls, girls with lamps, with oil, that are waiting for someone special to marry. Girls representing anybody, lamps representing our hearts, oil representing the Holy Spirit, and the groom representing the Lord Jesus in his second coming, representing the day when we are called to be in heaven again with him forever. And in this parable, the Lord Jesus said that some of these girls were careful to keep enough oil in their lamps, but some were not. Giving us the idea that the more that we care for the kingdom of God, the, the more that you care for the Bible, the more that you care for God, for your eternity, for your spirituality, the more that you care about reading the scripture and doing what the scripture tells you to do, the more that you care about your holiness and your sanctification, the more that you care about a life devoted to him, living in sanctity, doing things right, not like a monk, you know, in, you know, in the top of a mountain when you don't have a life. It's not about that. It's about doing your life, but in a holy way, in a, in a way that is moral. But also respecting the scripture and giving to the Lord Jesus the place that he deserves. The more that you care for listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart, that oil will keep in your lamp, in your heart. That is your job. Now, Let's suppose all these events are happening. And regardless when the rapture of the church is, pre-events, in the middle of events, or after the events, regardless, let's suppose those events are happening or have happened. Okay? Let's suppose the rapture of the church happened. And you were left behind. And you are now listening because you are curious. The church is in heaven. Believers are in heaven. But you were one of those who were one foot in and one foot out. Believing sometimes and not believing other times. You were that one that heard the word of God Many times, you receive the warnings, you receive even discipline from God. Maybe you were reprimanded by your authorities in your life, people, etc. But you never wanted to get it right, for real. You wanted to be okay with the Lord, but at the same time, you wanted to keep enjoying whatever you were doing. Let's suppose you were left behind. So, my friend, I don't know what year is today for you. I don't know what day or month 
I don't know if uh, the Antichrist is already in control of the planet. I don't know if the market, the beast is already in place. I don't know if you are running away, if you are escaping. I don't know when you are watching. But let's suppose you were left behind. What can you do? You need to repent and get right with the Lord. You need to be on your knees and ask God for forgiveness. And he will forgive you still. And after that, you need to keep faithful until the end. You need to keep faithful until the end. Because if the church is not here anymore and you were left behind, here's the bad news for you. What is about to come is going to be really messy. Not nice for you. You received the warnings. You, you were told many times, but you refused. You just didn't want to do it the right way. Repent, but it's going to be even worse. So therefore, your job now is to keep faithful until the end. That is what you need to do. You know, I shared with you this passage earlier in 2 John chapter 1, verse 7. Many false teachers are in the world now. They refuse to say that Jesus Christ came to earth and became a man. Anyone who refuses to accept this fact is a deceiver, a false teacher, an antichrist. Maybe that is the problem. That you had a terrible, bad influence from people. Maybe you were listening to the wrong people. Maybe you were one that refused to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And even worse, maybe you could be one of those false teachers. Maybe you were one of those antichrist persons. And now, not just you, but I don't know how many other people are lost. And the church is gone. What are you going to do? You need to be on your knees asking God for forgiveness. because the Lord can forgive you and help you. So, whether it's there in the future, whenever you are listening to this, or currently in these years, and still we are here, the church is still on earth. Remember this, there is hope in the name of Jesus. So I invite you to repent and to declare with me the greatness of God in the name of Jesus. There is a scripture that will sustain you for the rest of your life. It is in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. And many people know this by heart. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not be lost but have eternal life. Wherever you are, whenever you are listening and watching, say with dear God, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. I need your mercy, Lord. Dear Lord, I have failed to you, to myself, and I feel horrible about it. I need your forgiveness. So I ask you today, Please help me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I hope the good Lord will show mercy upon you. I hope the church is still here. I truly hope that the rapture of the church has not happened yet. And still all these events are in the future for other generations. I hope you are still here. And the church is still here. And if that is the case, I invite you to share this message with others. Because people need to hear about this. Now, my friend, 
if the church is gone. Just keep your heart solid in the Lord. And may the Lord give you the strength to go through these battles until the final day that I will meet you in heaven. In the name of Jesus. So I'm telling you, I hope the, chap the, the rapture of the church has not happened yet. I really hope that. So if this is the case, share this video with somebody. It was the other way around. I don't know. Can you still share something like this with somebody? I don't know, my friend. But with all the love that the Lord can give me for you and others that are lost, I just wish that you will acknowledge Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. The following Sunday here, believe it or not, I'll be here in the name of Jesus, sharing the New World Order Part 4 on July 10th, 2022, the worship service 298. And the topic will be New World Order Part 4, Key Players. See you next time. Good morning. Let me invite you to download or install Gian TV, which is our Roku channel. If you have a Roku TV or a Roku device, don't hesitate to install this free, absolutely free Roku channel. You will be able to watch wonderful videos, all the categories that we have here. So go to search channels, search for Gian TV, and then hit install. Don't forget to give us a five stars if you like our videos. Thank you so much for watching. By Giancarlo Vicitoro. I know you have suffered, but what if you would have never met your mom because she died giving birth to you? That's the beginning of Simon's story. Then Simon's father died when he was only 15 years old. He was sent to a foster home where he was bullied, humiliated, and there was no one to protect him. But Simon decided to find a way to get his revenge by studying and becoming good at sports. He won a scholarship, and soon he started his own business, Simon Yardwork. Mean people were envious of his success, but one day, Simon met and fell in love with Jackie. They were happy until the FBI arrested Simon due to clues that incriminated him with several murdered people. Will Simon end up in prison? Don't miss the outcome of this story, The Best Revenge, the musical that will inspire everyone to pay good for evil. Go to mygiancarlo.com to purchase The Best Revenge on audio and video. Distance.
since you make me believe that there was hope for me, it was your light in the night to give me life. It's your light. Some days I felt ready to sink, but every time you rescued me. My own tears became the ink to write the prayers of my me. absolutely amazing what I am feeling. Never before I experienced what you have done to me. I know that in the past I didn't see things as I do now, but honestly you have changed everything for me. And uh, I don't want to let it go. I don't want you to go anywhere. Stay here with me, by me, because you make me feel alive. 
And I know that you love me. And I love you. I love you with all of my heart. I belong to you. You brought me a new life. A life that is absolutely profound, real, and true. Hey, hey, that's all, that's all, that's all, folks. <laughs> Time to go home. <laughs> Ciao.